The conventional wisdom is that too much debt is a bad thing. And getting towards 100% of GDP as the stock of debt looks to be too large a number. Everyone seems to think this in almost every country, perhaps except the United States. So if too much debt is a bad thing, who could disagree? And who could disagree that we ought to have iron fiscal rules, rules which stop us borrowing for current spending and only allow borrowing for investment? Surely we all agree about that. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than it seems. And for the last 30 or 40 years, governments have been bending the rules to say that they're only doing borrowing for investment and then playing fast and loose with what they mean by investment. Put simply, if you're only borrowing for investment, then define investment as virtually everything and then you can justify lots more borrowing than really would meet a genuine iron fiscal rule. And politicians in all the main parties are at this game again. Don't be fooled by the rhetoric. Look at the detail. And dare I say it, try to find the accounting really interesting because the numbers really matter. And what's really going on is a long history of fiddling the figures to look like we're being rigorous and fiscally disciplined, whereas in fact we're doing anything but. The first attempt to fiddle the numbers was simply to get investment and capital maintenance and so on off the government's books and stick it in the private sector. That's what privatisation did. That's what PFIs did. That's what Gordon Brown's PPP for the London Underground was all about. It's a game which started with the problems of borrowing at the beginning of the 1980s, the public sector borrowing requirement, and ever since, uh, the Treasury's been dead keen to privatise, to get things off their books. And it's a game which is uh, becoming somewhat unstuck as the casualties of the privatised businesses end up uh, coming back onto the government's books. Network Rail is the standout example, but there is plenty more to come, train operating companies and so on, and no doubt we'll see more and more casualties as the increase in real interest rates sticks going forward. So that's move one. Move two is vintage Gordon Brown. This is the attempt to name particular bits of current spending as investment and then say your golden fiscal rules, golden rules, haven't been broken because it's all investment and that's fine. And this was the great debate about so-called endogenous economic growth, which is actually quite a good theory, but uh, was mangled and mishandled by Ed Balls and uh, Gordon Brown. So we suddenly found that health and education were investments and therefore they were fine to be increased whilst the golden rule on only borrowing for investment was allowed. It was a game, the numbers were fiddled and it's hard to argue that the day-to-day expenditure on health 
and the maintenance of the health service is really an investment. That was what Brown was up to. That's the second fiddle of the figures within so-called iron rules of fiscal discipline. The third one is the one we are increasingly engaged in and is much more serious than the ones I've just described. This is the idea that essentially we should describe capital maintenance, you know, fixing the potholes, fixing the tiles on the roof as investment. So governments, the Labour Party, all are going to borrow to fix the school roofs. They're going to borrow to deal with the state of the railways, the potholes, etc., etc. And they want that borrowing to be mainly private, but it's borrowing. All of the net zero stuff, well, there's going to be this wall of green finance coming presumably from foreigners because there's no net of British savings to pay for all these so-called upgrades. Well, roll back the clock quite a long way to the great golden era of British economic growth, which is from the late 1940s to the early 1970s. That's a period in which the rule was rather different. It wasn't let's borrow and pay when this stuff turns up. It was pay as you go. The power stations, the rebuilding of the housing stock after the Second World War, the reconstruction of the utility infrastructures of that we have today was all out of, or nearly all out of, current taxpayers' money and current customers' money. And that was right because what we were doing was saying these services we require, these core infrastructure services, are stuff that we need to pass on to the next generation in at least as good a state as we found them. That's a basic ethical rule. And each generation's job is to look after those assets and make sure they don't deteriorate. Once you start treating maintenance as investment, what you're doing is saying, we're not going to pay today to fix the tiles on the roof to fix all those sewers and fix all those water pipes and fix all the potholes and fix the state of our electricity infrastructure. No, no, we are going to make you, the next generation, pay for all this stuff by handing you a, a stack of debt. But the assets won't be any better than we inherited them because we will, at the best, just maintain them, passing them on to the future. Now, this may sound a kind of archaic argument, but it makes a fantastic difference to what you think the economic position of the country is. And it should make a stunning difference to how chancellors present their budgets and aspiring chancellors set out how they're actually going to live within their means. If you don't pay for the maintenance, if you don't fix the house on your roof, you are consuming your capital. It's capital consumption, not capital investment that's taking place. And therefore, we have to make appropriate adjustments. Now, what would it mean to have a proper set of accounts? What I would call sustainable public finance. The rule would, of course, be that debt is almost always only for investment. 
course, we need a bit in emergencies when there's a big shock to the economy and there's all sorts of day-to-day financing issues. But basically, the overriding idea, debt for investment is right. Why? Because investment should be genuine enhancement of assets and therefore the balance sheet should show a better asset, new assets, and the finance, the liability, the debt to pay for that. The next generation gets better assets, but it gets the obligations of the debt to pay for those assets. That's what leaving the next generation with at least as good a set of assets as we inherited means. They want more. If we're going to leave them a better inheritance, then it's perfectly reasonable to leave them with the debt. So nothing wrong with the rule per se. But what does need to be done is to provide a set of accounts which show that it is only genuine enhancements that are being borrowed for, not day-to-day capital maintenance. And by pretending otherwise, what we're doing is trying to continue, perpetuate the idea that we can live beyond our means, not meet our obligations to protect the existing infrastructures we have, and then giving the next generation the assets maintained, but with a pile of debt to pay for it. This is just wrong. And you could look around and see the crunch that this has produced. So we now have infrastructures across the board, which are in a poor state of capital maintenance. Bridges fail, which means railway lines don't work. Sewers fail and sewage flows down our rivers. Leaks in the pipes aren't fixed, and therefore water supplies are jeopardised. The mobile network isn't really rolled out properly across the country as a whole. The postal delivery system isn't being properly maintained, and so on and so forth. And now we're saying, oh my goodness, customers can't afford to pay to maintain these systems So let's not make them pay. Let's make the next generation pay by borrowing more to meet those outcomes. It's just another way of continuing to live beyond our means. And when it comes to the environment, it really is serious. It's our job to pass on an atmosphere for the next generation, which gives them a proper climate that they can thrive within. It's our job to pass on the ecosystems with their biodiversity in at least as good state as we found them. And in both cases, it's our job to do the maintenance and as polluters pay the costs of the damage that we have been doing. It's not appropriate or right. Indeed, it's ethically wrong as well as economically wrong to simply say, oh, well, we'll just borrow and someone in the future can pay for the day-to-day job of fixing those tiles on the roof. So let's, by all means, listen to politicians explain their iron rules. But let's look at the accounts very clearly and be absolutely clear what investment is and what it isn't going forward. And let's spell out the consequences of that on each budget day. And when we do that, let's have the Chancellor and the Shadow Chancellor tell us what they think the state of the UK's balance sheet looks like, what they think the state 
of natural capital, physical capital, infrastructure capital, social capital, and so on, actually is. And let's have them explain to us, the citizens, the stakeholders in all of this, equivalent of shareholders in companies, let's have them explain to us whether they have in fact been good stewards of these core infrastructure assets in our natural environment or whether they haven't. My guess is that they'll be found wanting. And that leads to a conclusion. What we're doing in public finance by pretending that our iron fiscal rules are really iron is perpetuating an unsustainable economy and an unsustainable debt. And the thing about an unsustainable debt and an unsustainable economy is because it's unsustainable, it will not be sustained. Get ready for the next debt crisis. It may come sooner than you think. Thank you.